Hi, Matthew, and uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, just uh, my name is Dave Christie, CEO of Orford Mining. Orford is a well-financed exploration company focused on Canada and in particular Quebec uh, on high-grade nickel and gold projects. Uh, we have three drill programs planned for 2022 uh, with greater than $9 million to be spent, uh, including our partners' expenditures on our nickel project. So it's a big year for us, uh, very large property positions with over 1,400 square kilometers in six different properties. Brilliant, Dave, good to see you. We saw you last uh, May. It's been a long time, far too long. We need to see more of you. Um, really quite like the story then, um, but it, 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 you know, like I say, we, we, we haven't caught up, so it might be worth kind of going over a little bit of the, um, the history, if you don't mind. Um, let's start with you. Remind people who you are, what relevant experience you've got uh, for what you're doing today. Sure. So I'm a, I'm a geologist. I uh, spent uh, a large number of years as a field geologist, an exploration geologist, even did a bit of mine geology. Um, after that, I was an equity analyst with some of the big banks in Canada uh, for 12, 13 years. And I followed that up. I managed money with the Dundee Group. Um, and that's actually where the Orford Mining sort of started. Uh, we invested into a little company called True North Nickel, which was a private company. Um, because they were looking for nickel in the northern part of Quebec, which we quite liked. Uh, we ended up making a gold discovery there, and, and uh, we decided to take the company public. And, and here we are uh, a few years later, uh, actually just about four years since that happened. Um, and so that, that's sort of my history. I was CEO of another company called Eagle Hill. Uh, it is the foundation of what is today's Cisco Mining. We did a four-way merger to create Cisco Mining, and it's the asset that was in Eagle Hill. Uh, that is the key asset of a Cisco mining. So uh, I, I've been involved in some some good names before. Um, and uh, we really believe we have some special properties here at, at uh, Orford. Right. And then um, who else is ably supporting you? Not, 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 the, not the nameplate guys, but the guys actually you know doing stuff on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. So um, Michelle Sherentino is my VP of Exploration. She's excellent. And uh, she sort of runs our our geological thinking and and uh, and where we're going with our projects, uh, along with LJ St. John, he's our VP, our, sorry, our chief geoscientist. So those two people are, are key in our project, but we have a number of consultants and, and contractors that work with us all year long. Uh, we just hired a new young geologist, Jake uh, Burden. So a large number of people to to work with us, uh, you know, it takes a village to, to make this thing happen. Okay. I want, to, I want to kind of, sort of lay out all the pieces on the table for people new to this story so they just understand what's going on because otherwise it could, it could look like it's a lot of moving parts for a small company. So let's, let's deal with the, um, the uh, Wailu Metals Farm Inn um, on the nickel side. So how have you set that up? So in, uh, in 2020, we started talking to Wailu Metals. So actually, we talked to a large number of people. We were, we were looking to to get someone to farm into our nickel project because at the time nickel was you know four fifty five dollars a pound and so it was a bit of a tough struggle at the time for us to raise money for that project plus you know we thought we should share the risk uh it's, it's a remote project and uh, we were already operating a remote kigavik gold project so uh, we started looking at a number of groups uh why the metals seemed to be interested so we talked to them for a long time and in January of 2021, we signed a deal with them where they get to earn in up to up to 80% by spending $25 million. It was about the same time that they actually made their investment into Norant. So they just they were there was their big push to uh, invest in gold projects internationally, or not gold projects, nickel projects. 
Um, you know, in, in the West Ragland project, we have just as a reminder, 707 square uh, kilometers of land. Uh, we've made about seven or eight uh, discoveries already at surface there and in drilling. It was originally an Anglo-American project, so they had made this, some discoveries there. Um, very high grade nickel, copper, PGM, so 3% nickel, uh, percent copper, and three three to four grams per ton of uh, platinum palladium. Uh, so this is a very high high grade asset. Um, very similar grade in metallurgy and geology to what they have at the Raglan mine, which is just 90 kilometers to the east of us. And that's one of the lowest cash cost producers in the world, if not the lowest cash cost producer. I would hazard to think right now they're probably producing at negative cash costs. Um, so we're, we're in the right uh, right place. We have a property that's very large and has lots of targets. Um, so that's where we are with Wailu. And they've just decided to spend $5 million this year on the project. They spent about 1.9 last year on the project. Uh, so they're moving along quite fast here as uh, as we spend, and so we're, we're operating. So you're, you're the operator, and you get a management fee um, for that. And what are you talking yeah. about? Two and a half, three thousand meters? I, I read somewhere. Yeah, three thousand meters of drilling we'll do this year with a borehole EM, and uh, we'll do some geological mapping and uh, geochemical sampling as well in the southern, you know, underexplored areas of the property. Right, as you mentioned, super high grades, fantastic. But the problem is. People don't know how to value it, right? Because Wiley Metals, private company, uh, Aussies, we obviously the the closest we can get to understanding their what you know what they're trying to do is obviously what happened at Noron, the the kind of bun fight with uh, BHP, big number at the end of it, which is which is which is great. But how do we looking in here get a sense of what this thing is worth, could be worth? Where we should look for comps. I mean, how how do you value it actually? Well, that, that's a that's a tough question to answer because you know, as an analyst, and I think you're an ex analyst as well, it's tough to value things until they have a resource, right? So, um, we've made discoveries. We probably could calculate a resource on the frontier zone, you know. And if you know the Raglan deposit, it's a series of many um, pods of mineralization. It's not one big pod, and none of them are very big. Um, so we have discovered a number of pods of mineralization. We need more pods to make a, a, a deposit here. We think it's quite possible that we can get there. This year, uh, we we did uh, an, an EM survey, actually in 2021, we did a squid EM survey um, to help identify sulfide in, in the ground. And we have a number of targets across the property. There was 435 EM responses in the 67 line kilometers of, of EM that we did. And 72 of those are high priority. We'll probably drill 10 to 15 of those this year. So we're just sort of scratching the surface on the best anomalies. Um, so I think you're going to find that uh, we will make some discoveries this year, I, in my view, um, as we drill these really high priority sulfide targets. Um, they're very similar to what we've seen before. This method of EM is what they used at Raglan, helped increase their discovery rate by 58%. So it's a method that really works as far as differentiating the formational type uh, conductors from the sulfide conductors we want to see here. So I, I think the drill bit is going to be how we value the property. So as we make more discoveries, that's how you're going to value the property. Uh, so when we start putting out uh, high grade numbers from new drill holes with uh, that are similar to what we've already found, like the frontier zone already has 3.2% nickel and over percent copper and, and three grams per ton PGEs. Uh, and it's quite a large zone. I think it's got 2,500 meter strike length. We're going to discover more of those in, in the coming year. And I think that's how people are going to have to value it. They're going to see those drill hole results 
and uh, we'll move from there. Right. And, and the, because we're talking about pods, we're talking about lenses, and um, I'm, I'm just trying to think, is there anything comparable to that that we could look to for clues in terms of what the, uh, the actual, you know, how these things are mined and that gives a, a sense of what the you know, future economics could be? Well, I think the Raglan mine is the perfect analogy because it's uh, both underground and open pit, and it's a series of them that, that go along. And I think they're, you know, they have one larger pod, but most of them are, are pretty, pretty equal size. Um, so I think that that's the biggest, the best analogy, but it's Combalda style mineralization. So it's, it's very uh, lensy and, and it's, you know, at Raglan, their, their mineralization is over 23 or 23 kilometer strike length. So that's their, their pods sort of sit over that kind of strike length. And that's what they mine. And it's one of the best cash cost producers in the world. So a very world-class asset. So that, that's the best analogy. There's not a lot of nickel sulfides projects in the world that uh, can beat it. Okay. So you talk to me about timing on, on this one, because, because again, I don't think you're getting the value for it because no one understands it or knows how to value it. Uh, you know, what circa 25 million market caps a day, you know, you, you've kind of broadly moved sideways this year. So I think it's fair to say you're not getting value for that. So talk to me about the, the, the timing and what you think those deliverables, what the deliverables will be that will increase the kind of, certainty around the economics for anyone trying to work out the value well i, I think you know with with three thousand meters of drilling this project hasn't been drilled since uh for like six seven years uh, so that's that's the something right there um last summer was the first program on the summer on this project since 2016 so uh, i think us moving in into this project and uh and and doing work on it for the first time in a long time is, is one thing right there um, but we will be drilling a lot of holes there this year. And I, I think drilling these high priority targets that came out of the EM. So when we move in there at the end of June, uh, we will be drilling from, from day one, uh, right till the beginning of September. And as we move along in that drilling, we'll be press releasing, uh, things that we see that are our market, uh, importance. Um, and so I, I think as we move through the project, we'll put another update out before we start the project, just to update people on what we're doing. Um, but it's it's pretty straightforward. We're going to go out and drill these these uh, ten to fifteen of the top targets, and there was uh, seventy two high priority targets. We're drilling what we think are the top fifteen. Okay, and that's five million this year, so twenty five million earning over seven years from memory, right? Yeah. Uh, so five million this year. That should open things up a bit, or, or not? Well, again, what what are the just remind me of the terms in terms of you know. <laughs> If this doesn't deliver the scale that you know, um, widely well, the in, right? Yeah. So, what's that Sorry. look like? Yeah. So, the first fifty-one percent is six million dollars. Uh, so, they're going to get there this year, probably, with the spending we're doing. Um, and then uh, every you know five ten percent after that, there's another option to earn into the next point. If they want to get to eighty, Wailu has to spend the twenty-five million dollars, has to complete a feasibility study, so we're carried through to the end of the feasibility study. And they have to make a cash payment to to Orford, uh, and then at that point in time, the JV is formed, and we contribute 20, uh, 2080. And you know, when I look at it, if this is an economic project, West Raglan, uh, a nickel project of this size and caliber, will be a plus billion dollar project. So that's well over a two hundred million dollar value to 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 Orford if we get to that point. Right. Okay. Um, 
Let's 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 park that up, okay? Because that, that that that's moving along at a beat. It's a nice nice uh, budget allocated this year. Um, you're indicating four million bucks worth of drilling from from you guys on your projects. Uh, is Krigovic the focus, or are you allocating money to some of the other uh, slightly earlier stage gold projects too? Well, I think our, our most advanced gold project is actually the Chatel Eagle project, which we're drilling right now. We picked that up at the end of November uh, from Globex International. Um, it's a project that sits in the Jatel uh, mining camp. This is where Agnik Weagle got its gold mining start at the Telbell Eagle mine. We sit right next door to the um, Maple Gold Agnik Weagle JV. Uh, we're right on strike to the Eagle Telbell uh, mine that was operated till 1993. This area has seen very little exploration since that mine closed in 93. Uh, the property we picked up has seen almost no exploration since that point. Um, there's a zone on, on the project called the uh, South Gold Zone. That's where we're drilling right now. It's a, uh, a five to seven gram per ton uh, vein system uh, with sulfides um, that uh, sits right on the same trend as the Eagle Hotel Bell. So we're drilling that now to sort of confirm the mineralization and see if we can fill it in a bit and extend it to depth. Right. And um, just, just say that, yeah, um, that's that's great. With with regards to that, so the, just coming back to the budget side of things, how much are you spending on that? Um, it'll be between it's about six hundred thousand dollars, five hundred six hundred thousand dollars on the project itself. There's payments we have to make to to those guys, but otherwise, it's that's about the ex expiration expenditure. And what's that look like in terms of meters drilled? Oh, that's like fifteen hundred meters. It's a first pass drilling effort. So we're, we're drilling that right now. It was actually very difficult to get a drill this year to get it in there. It's a drilling, drilling companies are very, very busy. Uh, assay labs are very, very busy. Uh, we just actually put out our results at Kigavik and uh, West Ragland not long ago because assay labs took so long. And we're still waiting on till sampling results, uh, which, you know, we took the till samples last summer and we're still waiting. So God, that must have been a frustrating year for, you know, the smaller companies because I guess the bigger guys will pay more money and jump to the front of the queue because they're yeah, probably. Yeah, so <laughs> it's, it's difficult. And what about people? Was that hard finding people? People was hard last summer, actually, but we managed to to get the people we needed, and uh, that that's one of the reasons we hired another full time person this year just to sort of beef up our own staff and, and uh, you know stop relying on contractors for the summer as much. So, uh, and we'll probably continue to do that moving forward. Right. Okay. So, so intrigued, intrigued as to how you guys manage to operate in an environment like that where costs are going up across the board. Um, you know, does that dramatically change your decision making, or is it just a case of you just did a little bit less? Yeah. Well, we end up doing less meterage in, in a way because um, fuel prices are up like seventy percent. Uh, you know, so you know if you look at diesel prices or or uh, jet B prices, you know, for the helicopters and stuff, the, the those prices are huge. And that's a huge part of what we consume on, on Kigavik West Raglan. So basically, those prices rising, uh, you know, reduces the number of meters we get to drill. Um, but uh, that's that's the way she goes. But luck, luck, luckily, we have a group like Wailu, and uh, you know, they want to do what they want to do. So it, we get to get done as much as we possibly can during this summer. And I would say it actually hasn't affected either project because we can only drill so much on those projects in one summer anyway. So both projects are, you know, Kigavik, we're going to drill 3,000 meters. We're going to drill 3,000 meters on West Raglan. We're drilling 1,500 on, on the Chatel Eagle project. So that's, that's three projects with, you know, 7,500 meters of drilling. And uh, that's the biggest drilling year Orford's ever had. So 
Yeah, the, 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 there is that. Um, with, with, and with the money that you raised, uh, was it was about four point four million, uh, I think, in December. What? Um, where did that come from? Is it- um, there was some flow through money in there and some hard dollars raised. Uh, of course, our 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 main strategic investor, Alamos Gold, uh, was pro rata for that that uh, financing. Uh, they were also there. We did a financing in uh, late August, September uh, for 1.92. Between the two financings, we're fully financed for the year. Uh, so, and of course, with Wiley's uh, investment into the West Raglan project. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, you, like you, you ex-analyst um, as well, work, you know, working in finance. Like, I mean, what, what's, what's your take on this year? The, the, the macro for gold, because obviously the juniors are the kind of last recipients of any benefits the market may give. Producers. Like you know, um, like um, well, any any of the mid tiers, the big boys, are making hay at the moment, and that eventually cascades down. But what's what's your take on where are the gold prices going to go over, and when do the equities start to move? Because it seems very disconnected at the moment. Yeah, I think we need to see a sustained rally, not the seesaw back and forth. You know, it needs to pop above two thousand dollars and and then continue. Uh, you know, if it goes up and then comes right back down again, like it has been, it, it's not great for juniors because they're the ones that, you know, never get the confidence. Um, so we need to see it have sustained rally above 2000. I think we will get there. Um, I don't think uh, no matter what the Fed does in the, in the States, I don't think they're going to get inflation under control. Uh, inflation is, is running rampant. And so gold is a, a great way to hedge against that inflation. Um, and then there's, of course, all the uncertainties in the world as well. Uh, and so gold, again, is, is a great uh, hedge on that uncertainty. So I think, uh, like I think you do, that gold is going to have a good year. Um, there will be some volatility. But I think once we see a sustained rally where it moves, you know, on a, on a more upward trajectory without having big pullbacks, uh, then I think we, we should see the juniors kick in. Um, you know, and I think the senior companies out there, they... They, they need to find new reserves and, and new gold deposits. And that's why we have Alamos invested in us. It's because all these guys know how hard it is to find a, a new gold reserve, a new, a new gold deposit. Uh, so in investing in juniors that actually go out there and, and do grassroots exploration and make discoveries is probably the only way these senior companies are going to find new reserves. And so how far do you take this? Uh, how far do you take your gold projects? Because obviously, seeing what you've done with nickel, and you know, maybe that's the smart move in, in what was a difficult nickel market, but has been exceptional since you did the deal in terms of the nickel nickel price and and nickel equities moving. How do you play the gold parts of your portfolio? Because obviously, you've got stuff that you're focused on. How far do you want to take those? What do you do with you know some of the projects which you're not really you know, allocating capital and time to at the moment? How do you think about those? Yeah, so I, I think. We, we, we assess all our projects continuously. So, you know, if a project doesn't fit uh, the company, uh, whether we don't think there's going to be a gold deposit big enough for Orford there, or or it's just not the expiration model's not working, then, then we'll look to, to, to find a partner for those projects. Um, I don't, you know, West Raglan, our nickel project was a special case uh, because we, we consider ourselves a gold explorer. Um, nickel was not uh, not in a great situation last in, in 2000 and 2021. So finding a partner for that, that project really made sense for us as far as sharing the risk because we really believe in that project. Um, so I think that made a lot of sense. Um, but for the gold projects, we're really still be- believing in what we're doing there. Uh, we think Kegebeck will have a big discovery 
Uh, we've got high-grade gold across that project. You know, we're, we find samples that surface in 90 grams, 648 grams. Like this project has gold endowment, um, and we are the first explorers on this project and only probably 29 weeks on the ground to date, and no one was there before us. So this is a very early day, days project. Um, so we're nowhere near ready to, to, to bring a, a partner in there. And so we have lots of work to do on that project, and we think, we think the discovery is coming. Uh, on the uh, the projects in the Jatel area, they're not dissimilar to the, the the Kegavik project in that they are very underexplored. No one's really touched the ground in 40 years, um, so it, it's an area that that needs some some exploration attention, and, and that's what we're doing there. We're putting modern exploration technology. We've just finished compiling all all the old paper files into a digital database, and uh, and and we're drilling on that, on that interpretation. So if I look back to the conversation we had last. May, right? I, I really like this, the team. I like the assets. I like the model, but it hasn't moved. It didn't move. Like, so for the last nine months, nothing's moved. What's different this year? What's going to be different this year from, say, the last 12 months? What, what, what's changed? Well, I think two, two big things that are, are changing. Uh, first of all, we're drilling right now on the Chattel Eagle project, and, and I think we're going to see some good results there. Uh, we're drilling a known gold zone. We're trying to see if we can infill it. And, and, you know, we won't get to a resource there this year. But if we're successful confirming that mineralization, we'll get to a resource there in, in one or two years. Uh, so that's that's a key thing. Um, and the other thing is we're going to be drilling on the West Raglan project. Uh, nickel sulfides, uh, you know, th there's not many of these kind of projects around. If you look at all the juniors out there that are talking about doing nickel exploration now, most of them, no, no offense, but they're mostly just grassroots, uh, you know, moose pasture at this point in time with with a theory. Whereas we have nickel on the ground, we have nickel in drill holes, and uh, and we're continuing to look for more of it. Um, and so we, the Raglan model holds true on our project. We we've discovered uh, nickel pods, and and we'll discover more. In, in my belief.